Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always the Lord your God, and with me other Ten Commandments. Hi, I'm your secret scary friend, Jesus. And I am Salmiel, totally a real angel. I was going for a joke there, none of you did the Ten Commandments thing. I am Thou Shalt Not Cover This Album. I don't have one. I have a good angel name, but I don't have any Ten Commandments. <laughs> steal this record. Hmm. Yes. Thou shall not steal this record. Okay, sure. And is there any significant difference between listening to a record on Spotify and stealing it? Um. I feel like that becomes some get a camel through the eye of a needle territory. Uh, today... As, as you might imagine by this, this intro, which will get us cancelled by the Christian right, most likely. If that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, three queers talking about pop punk. I'm sure they had no problems before. Mm-mm. Uh, but yeah, as you might imagine by what you're saying, we're back talking about Reliant K, Sibyl's favorite band. I just bought their book. <laughs> Uh, is it like a physical copy or is oh, it? Oh, it's like... a physical copy. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's a very cheap physical copy for three sixteen dollars. Yeah, it's coming from Tennessee, which is the only place they have a repository of Reliant K. Is Tennessee a notable Reliant K country? Uh, no, it's mostly just like the home of Nashville. Also, is Tennessee like a state? Where is Tennessee? Tennessee is a state. Yeah, it's a state. It's all the way across the country. Hello, welcome, welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Geography, a podcast about Elaine not understanding America. That would be putting my degree to use, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get a degree finally, Adam? Well, I already have an associate's degree. I'm just working towards my bachelor degree. What is an associate degree? Baby degree. Yeah. It's the difference between getting a certificate graduating from junior high and graduating from actual high school. Yeah. But I have one, okay? It's more than I got. Does it show that we're trying to stall for time because we don't want to talk about Reliant K? Oh, I want to talk about it. <laughs> They're worried I'm going to turn into a bull in a china shop. I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. Let's talk about Reliant K. Hey, 
Campbell, do you have any interesting history? And I extremely regret letting you do this. So, here is the problem. Reliant K, if you'll recall on their last album we covered, got into some hot water because their music from it was used as advertising by the record label in a contract with Abercrombie and Fitch, who are not the favorites of the Christian right in this country. So there was a lot of issue, and as a result, they went to ground pretty hard between these two albums. I could not find even their own whitewashed version of what was going on at this time period, just a bit of promo for the book that is going to come out after this record. So there's not much I have to offer, but they were still smarting from the fact that they got involved in the weird perverts uh, ad campaign. Let us talk about this record, I guess. So, Reliant K. Who is Reliant K? Reliant K, we talked about it in the last episode when I barely managed to contain Sybil Simmering Rage for Religion. Reliant K is Matt Thiessen on vocals, guitar, and piano, Matt Hoops on guitar and backing vocals, Brian Pittman on bass, and Dave Douglas on drums and backing at this point in time. This lineup changes quite a lot. And they are sort of like... um as we mentioned, sort of like the Christian version of the pop-punk trend of the 2000s. And they are known for their, like, sort of awkward, trying to be humorous, very... very, this is... we're trying to not make it clear that this is about Jesus kind of lyrics, and they are... I, yeah. Go listen to our previous episode on it. Um, Wait, there were lyrics about Jesus in this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you want more history about the album itself, I can go there. Go for it. So two lefts don't make a right, but three do, uh, shortened by most people to two lefts, which is what I'm going to do, because that title is a hell of a mouthful. That is a very, there is a very light novel title. Yeah, it's their third full-length album, nominated for a Grammy for Best Rock Gospel Album, a category that no longer exists, but it ended up losing. Rock spell? Rock gospel. Rock spell? Rock gospel! Oh, I liked my, I liked my <laughs> worshipful sound noise. Oh, well. Uh, so this was a weird one, given that it had four different collectible covers of car crashes, and then in all further printings after, I believe, 2003 or four. They only use one that shows all of those cars at the junkyard. Reliant K, they're clearly big fans of Cronenberg. Do you know how much I would love to hear a Reliant K scored version of Crash? <laughs> oh, oh no. Wow, uh, thank goodness we both survived this thanks to the light and protection of Jesus. <laughs> this is gonna be a hard episode because apparently one of my co-hosts is like... An angry YouTube skeptic. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I have nothing against faith. I am very against some of the incredibly corny ways this album goes about it. It is kind of corny. I could bring some theological critiques to this record. I don't think we have time to unpack all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da, 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 the album did go gold in 2005 and never got much more than that as of the last check on the sales. 
There is a version of it that comes with a Christmas album called Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand. And this album did peak at number 38 on the Billboard 200, which is why we're covering it. I do like that um, I got to learn about entirely different series of music review companies through this record because, okay, all music has a score. And then Cross Rhythms and Jesus Freak Hideout also gave it stars. Cross Rhythms goes to 10 stars, by the way. Jesus Freak Hideout just sounds like the name of a magic card. It does, but I can still pull up their review. This is followed by the aptly musically schizophrenic Mood Rings, a humorous solution to finding out the current status of an overly sensitive female. (laughs) Thiessen smartly proposes, and I'm not going to go into the lyrics because we'll get there. I, 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 oversensitive female will be my new Twitter bio. (laughs) Musically schizophrenic. Smartly proposes. Their music appeared on MTV's Tough Enough? Well, that's a thing I learned. Yes. Okay, then. WWE fucks us again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to. And I did this whole spiel last last time we talked about Ranky. I have Nothing against Christianity, or at least nothing against the part of Christianity that doesn't want me dead. Because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I'm I'm gonna try to talk about this, and I don't like this record much. Although it does have a, a couple of good cuts here. But I overall have problems with a lot of this record, which... This is my usual disclaimer. doesn't mean that if you are a Christian, it doesn't mean that I have problems with your faith. It doesn't mean that I have problems with faith in general. None of us want to burn down churches. There are many buildings I want to burn down, but churches are not one of them. Also, we are all fans of the band Churches, so you can tell that we do not hate Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just putting this out there, it's like, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna shit on this record a lot. But, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, we're not doing the whole anti-religion shit. That thing has been cringe for a while. Ellie, Ellie, I'm the junkyard dog on the fifth cover of this record. You're you're just making me froth more to get into this. Arf, 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 arf. Adam, please help me. <laughs> okay. Um, song one, Chapstick, Chapslips, and Things Like Chemistry. No, it's I'm gonna not. fight people. This is a, this is a fun this, musically on a purely musical level. Despite the corny lyrics, despite the Batman references. Oh, 
Ellie doesn't know what Six Flags is. I don't know what Six Flags is. Um, okay. What is Six Flags? We'll get there. Please continue. Aside from all that shit, this is a fun tune. It has some interesting sort of like odd drumming which plays around with tempo. The bridge is pretty cool and like... I do enjoy all the stuff they do with backing vocals. I mean, I praise the backing vocals on the Fountains of Wayne record, and these are not Fountains of Wayne level of tasteful backing vocals, but they're getting there. I think this is an extremely pleasant tune. And for a second, let me think that this was going to be a pleasant record to get through. I will say, this is a very good opening track, but it also shows some of my problems with the band musically, like... And maybe this is just weird upload on the YouTube version. Tell me if this happened for you. The opening guitar is only on the left channel for some reason. Oh, no, that is just YouTube. Okay, because that happens multiple times through this record where a guitar will only be on the left channel while everything else is. Oh, no, it happens in the Spotify version, too. But not to the, not like to a good degree. Like it, it is like skewed, but it's not. It's not literally just on one channel. It, it was skewed enough that I thought that my headphones were breaking, and I was very upset. <laughs> Fair enough. I I thought it was a you know not a terrible effect, but at least for me, it wasn't like I want my music sounds to be even. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would call it terrible, but especially as the intro when it is the only sound, it's a very strange choice. I get stereo mixing. This is not stereo mixing, and this happens repeatedly at various times, up to and including vocals. Okay, sorry, I'm going to interrupt this, because I had, like, the weirdest moment ever. So I opened Spotify to check this thing out, and the first ad that Spotify showed in the bottom, of, in the bottom, like, corner of it, was an ad for Blood Elves Are Now Here. World of Warcraft Burning Crusade, and it took me, like, a full, like, five, like, three, four minutes to understand that I did not time travel, and this was an, an advertisement for World of Warcraft Classic, which I guess is a thing. But I had this full moment where I'm like, what the fuck? Did I just time travel? You did. Is it the 2000 again? It, uh, yes. I mean, that's... They know that we're doing a podcast about the 2000s, so they made the ads match. It it was honestly unsettling for a second. I was honestly extremely weirded out. That's Jesus's love, Ellie. Uh, I wish Jesus could just nuke this earth. That's the blood god, Ellie. You need a different <laughs> one. I mean, isn't that what's supposed to happen if he comes back? I'm pretty sure that's what's supposed to happen if he comes back. I mean, we already had a worldwide flood, according to Christianity, so can we have just another one, please? Good news, Ellie. Let me tell you about the ice caps. Yeah, you personally are responsible for global warming now because you made that wish. I mean, fair. <laughs> I'll take the blame, fair. <laughs> yeah, but Ellie lives next to the Pope, so she's going to get saved. Oh. Yeah, okay. Have fun with that. Oh. I didn't Assuming like this that song. The, the, the Pope said that trans people are killing God. I mean... Well, that's why if he can win you over, he knows he's the best Pope. Yep. 
Also, not yet I'm not. You're not the best poop? No, I'm not killing God yet. For what it's worth, uh, lost my phone underneath the Batman ride. Six Flags is a chain of theme parks where a variety of them, th the majority actually, have closed in the 20 years since this came out. They were built around big, speedy roller coasters. They did a lot of engineering to push those forward, trying to get higher G-forces, bigger thrills, and they were usually named after or licensed with Warner Brothers or DC properties. Is that where the Green Lantern ride that killed people crutches was in? Yes. Okay, I know about that one. Uh, yeah. For what it's worth, the Batman ride in question was at Six Flags Ohio, which would be closed by the end of the year this record came out. F. It's that Reliant K bump, baby. It made it so uncool nobody kept going. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also Ohio. Ohioans need roller coasters too, Adam. Anyhow, um, the song is a good starter for two-thirds of its runtime. But then it goes into a breakdown, which is such a weird, we lost all the energy deflating balloon effect for me. Oh, I don't mind the sort of acoustic bridge. I mean, it's a classic songwriting trick of like, oh, you have the energetic chorus and then you go into the sort of acoustic bridge. That's fine. It's, it's 40 seconds on a three minute track, though. Yeah, I, I enjoy this. You can enjoy it. I'm just saying that, to me, it immediately lost a lot of energy going into track two. Also, the line, when it comes to relationships, I'm the dumbest one, and I don't just mean with girls, had me very interested until they went, I mean with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not there yet. We're not to the other weird relationships metaphor for Jesus part. I think that bit was relatable. <laughs> A little bit with like, yeah. Listen. That's okay. Yeah. You both know that I care about lyrics. I don't like the song. <laughs> it's boring. I think it's an okay intro to a bubblegum pop punk band for Jesus. <laughs> pop punk bubblegum for Jesus. Chew me, Ellie. Chew me inside your soul. No. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. I think I might need to put on a mood ring to find out. Let's get emotional girls to all wear mood rings. So we'll be tipped off to when you're ticked off. Cause we'll know just what they're thinking. Just what they're thinking. She's so pretty, but she doesn't always act that way. Let's go to Wood Ring. This is where the album gets weird. <laughs> Everyone go first before me because you know I'm going to pop off. No, I, I, feel, I feel this song is a let's just unleash Fable. This is a song about how emotionally unstable women are. And um, yeah, just go. I have no reason to hold you back. Just go off, Sybil. Anything first, Adam? Go off, Sybil. Release the Sybil. 
All right. Let's just, I'm just going to read in a completely fair tone how this song starts. We all know the girls that I'm talking about. Well, they're time bombs and they are ticking. And the only question's when they'll blow up. And they'll blow up, we know that without a doubt. Because they're those girls, yeah, you know those girls. They let their emotions get the best of them. And I've contrived some sort of a plan to help my fellow man. Let's get emotional girls to all wear mood rings, so we'll be tipped off to when they're ticked off, because we'll know just what they're thinking. Christian boys are the worst I know. Christian, I'm just going to cut in that song in here. <laughs> There's a way to do this song that is a very tongue-in-cheek... I could see a Blink-182 portraying this as, God, we're so stupid, listen to how we sound. That's not what you get here. What we're getting here is Ready Player One, but with references for all the wrong decades for the audience this album is targeting. There's the real world, ten years old at this point, Boy Meets World in its twilight and ending without half of its cast, and Days of Our Lives, a soap opera older than everyone in this band. Look, we're not even at the 80s nostalgia song. No, and let me tell you, that one's worse. Mm-hmm. Only one thing worse than misogyny, 80s nostalgia. I don't disagree. I thought that you were going to say there's only one thing worse than misogyny. Wearing a pink tuxedo to prom, but yeah, that makes sense. What is that a reference to? The uh, not The Breakfast Club. Another John Hughes movie. I think it's Pretty in Pink. Okay. It's another one of his fucking schlock factories. I like John Hughes. I hate the fucking cult of nostalgia around it. Breakfast Club is a good movie. I don't think I enjoy many of them and they all have some real oh you did that in the 80s moments like there's some soul man shit in all of those movies yeah breakfast club is fine breakfast I know about the sort of like racial stereotypes in the other the other movie which I have not seen breakfast club is fine it has one of the characters ending is weird and I don't like it um but overall that's breakfast club is a solid movie they all have good soundtracks. We'll get there on the 80s track. Yeah. Now, anyhow, mood rings. <laughs> here's the thing. This is just every schlocky bit about how men don't understand women over and over and over. And then it turns out they wrote a book about relationships and Jesus named after the lyrics of this song. So... Let's come back to mood rings. I'd be savaging this more, except I want to hear them write their hearts out on this whole topic before I judge. Maybe there's just context I'm missing. Imagine being the kid that grows up reading the book about relationships written by Reliant K. Oh, we'll find out, because you better believe that's going to be a bonus some week, where it's just Sybil gives a book report to you two. <laughs> I, I'm I am totally in for story time with Sybil. Um, <laughs> I am scared. Grandma Sybil, read us a story. 
Well, this week, we're going to talk about the complex infrastructure known as the female mind, according to Reliant K. Yay! I love that one! <laughs> that, that, that fucking title is already like... You, that title. That fucking title. I hate this. Oh, let me read you the back of book quote because I now have that thanks to finding the site. In the complex infrastructure known as the female mind, Reliant K expounds on their experiences observing the opposite sex, detailing some of the girl types they've encountered, like the homecoming queen, the athlete, and the overachiever. They, stare, they share personal stories and biblical advice for girls of any type to become women of God. The band's fun attitude is present through the book in quizzes, lists, personal stories, and more. Christian boys are the worst I know. So on, so on. I have a question. Sure. How old were the Reliant K fellas at the time of writing this? 22 to 3. So, like, my age now. Yeah, that this is, again, one year after this record, this book comes out. I see. Adam, do you have any advice on how we could become women of God? Um, not the Christian God. <laughs> <laughs> any God is fine. They don't specify which one. Well. I mean, I could hook you up with the uh, uh, pagan witchcraft Discord server I'm in, if you really <laughs> need me to. Ooh. But, uh, no. Okay. It's kind of out of my wheelhouse. Anyhow, Mood Rings offends me on basically every level, and I'm saying this as someone who's actually going through a bunch of hormonal mood swings right now, so... Just be glad I didn't start sending mail bombs. <laughs> because you see, it's now Friday and I have to wash my hair. Hmm. Real line. Isn't, fr isn't, isn't Friday the one where you're in love? Yeah, I'm in love with the Unabomber because I'm emotional. <laughs> how, do, how are the injection going, Sybil? <laughs> I'm a couple in now. And guess what? Nice. I'm feeling it. Nice. Mm. Mean, and I'm also hormonal right now, so good times. Although I Let's am not ready to send mail bombs. <laughs> Let's chew through throats together. Okay. For God. <laughs> um. Also, incredibly cowardly move. The final line of this song is just one of them going, huh, that was terrible. It turns out if you just do a throwaway line at the end instead of mocking yourself the whole time, you don't get credit. Go away. Uh, yeah. Just, we just want a little more effort from you. Just, just a little more. Again, I think that a Blink or a Sum 41 or a few other bands could have done this track, but given it enough teeth to skewer the narrator. No. But, yeah. This song kind of soured, like, the whole album going forward for me. The first song, I was like, okay, this is dumb and childish, but, like, meh. And then I heard this, and I was like, ew. Ew. I, I have no, no way to defend this song. Um, even as a joke, it's a shitty joke. 
it would take a lot of work. I don't think, I don't even think Blink or Sam would manage to pull this off. It would take a lot of work to make this perspective not be shitty and be actually, you know, the joke. It would take a lot of work and Reliant K is not willing to put in that work. I think that the other bands would take this idea and run it to 11 instead of presenting it at face value. Let's all give them mood rings and then maybe an ankle bracelet. We can have matching t-shirts. Just go with it. Go hog wild yeah, and get stupid. I, I know. I think it would be executed better, but I also think it the concept itself, it's so fucking wild and like... Such a... I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the fucking progressive annoying but it's like the most base level ever of misogyny being like oh women are so emotional it's like the most basic guy and it's really difficult to make it sound not awful and i know i am sure they meant it at least 50 percent as a tongue-in-cheek thing in this record but you need to do a lot more work than that to make this work it's it's shit <laughs> I hate this. It just kills me how they get away with murder. They'll anger you, then bat their eyes. Those pretty eyes that watch you sympathize. How dare they? How dare they inflame my male emotions? Those are only for Jesus. Speaking of which, let's talk about the face down ass up song, Falling Out. <laughs> the what song? That's an actual line, just, you know, punched up a little. sounds like an SR-71 B-side. Yeah. Does it? That's not, that's not me slamming on it, but it's where they start getting into the more grungy guitar that's on a few tracks. Yeah, I guess. We are now three songs in, so it's enough to hook the listeners before turning on the Jesus fire hose. I actually looked because I went, did they do this last time? Yes, yes, they waited three tracks before getting to Jesus. And, and one of those tracks before they turned on the Jesus Fire Hose was Mood Ring, so really it's only two tracks. Well, they have to make sure that you are going to be okay with whatever. Mood Rings is the final test. If that puts you off, you're too crazy and lefty for Reliant K. You need three lefts. Uh, yes, okay. Yeah, I think this is a sort of cute tune. They, they, they have... So here's the thing with the Reliant K. They have a talent for writing pop tunes. I think this is a solid sort of pop-punk ballad tune with some really good melodic choices. It's clearly about... It's clearly a Jesus sort of like... A Jesus will never leave me song and like... Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I cannot care much about it. 
The chorus is very catchy. The piano, I still like their use of piano, even though I know it's a Christian rock trope. I think the piano in pop, in this kind of pop punk genre, gives it a good textural uniqueness when compared with other bands in the same era and in the same genre. And yeah, I don't hate this musically. It's just, I don't think there's anything gross in the lyrics. This is sort of just like generic fate song it's just not my thing no it's not bad again it's perfectly solid musically uh the only reason i made fun of it is because the fact that we're talking about being face down in the carpet over and over just makes me think what's the rest of your body doing but (laughs) (laughs) getting on all fours for jesus (laughs) mount me lord it, it seems like it's, uh, yeah, it's sort of a uh, downward dog situation. Yeah, see? A rap dog situation? No, a down dog <laughs> nope. situation. Duh. Do you even know what you're talking about, Ellie? <laughs> I don't. Yoga for Christ. I'm just a collection of memes from Twitter. Oh, I know. But it's you know, it's more subtle than some of the later tracks. It's talking about how I'm just losing touch with all the popular things. But you know what I'm never losing touch with? You, Lord. You're always here, and I'm never in danger of losing myself with you. Yeah, that's, that, that's the song. I've got no notes. <laughs> I mean, I can empathize with that, except that I am purposefully losing touch with all of the popular things. I'm on a quest to never have an opinion or on anything that people are discussing on Twitter. Oh, I have bad news for you. Today's the Super Bowl, so there's just going to be ads all day long. I don't know what that means. I'm not an American. It's 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 the football holiday, Ellie. Fair. Okay. I... The football holiday. The American football holiday. Then I am definitely accomplishing my quest of having no opinion whatsoever on it. So good job, me. I was just a little aside. I was wondering, I was at the store today and I'm like, why is all of the alcohol gone? What the fuck happened? And then someone was like, happy Super Bowl Sunday. And I was like, oh, that's why there's no booze. Super Bowl plus Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah, I got some box wine. It's fine. Or Friends Day, like they call it in uh, Finland. <laughs> we just call it the drinkingest twofer in the year. With that, why don't we hit into forward motion? like this song i'm gonna come out i'm, I'm gonna you're gonna come gonna out publicly I'm, I'm gonna publicly come out as a forward motion appreciator and say that i i the song is sort of like a sort of like darky lyrics awkward lyrics good tune 
This is a good song. Mm-hmm. I hate dorky and awkward lyrics. I think they can have a charm sometimes, again. Um, they could have had a charm if two songs ago hadn't happened. Yeah, definitely. Um, not gonna disagree with that, but it has some good backing vocals. The post-chorus bit is really cool and really well written musically. I like the song. I I think this is a great tune with like some interesting again interesting melodic choices. They have, and again it might just be the Christian rock influences because there are some tropes in that music that I'm not familiar with. But I understand that a lot of the piano and a lot of the sort of melodic choices that they use in the song are sort of like Christian rock trope applied to pop punk. But I do feel that when you apply to pop punk, you have an interesting mix there. On the other hand, like mm-hmm. you, the the cleanly like the the sort of like Christian rock cleanliness. Here is the point where a record and four tracks in Reliant K that we have explored it starts really wearing thin. Like, give me some fucking edge, kids. <laughs> Don't. This is starting to become a bit too wholesome, well, quote-unquote wholesome, their concept of wholesome, but, you know, a bit too clean and a bit too edgeless for where, even though I really enjoy the tunes, it starts to start, it's starting to really wear out. But I could definitely see why, like, you know, looking at the lyrics, looking at the song, I could definitely see how, like, the... Um, the awkward teenager who's always been like homeschooled and you know lives in that bubble could like latch to this because this is definitely this is definitely like a kind of thing made for that kind of person to latch on and not in a bad way this is like relates to that kind of awkwardness and like darkness that comes out from being sort of like culturally sheltered so I get it. I get what this is popular. I think this is a good track. I think the idea that we have like about 10 more records of Reliant K on this podcast to listen to is sort of dreadful at this point. This one uh, set off, it graded a little bit. Uh, For one, it's mixed entirely differently and louder than every track so far. Uh, For another, I kind of can't empathize with someone who smashed down a wall with their head and then goes how did I lose my house? Well, as someone who lives in an apartment, if you did that to me, I would stab you. I once took down a door in university. I mean, I took down a door, but I didn't take down a wall between my place and I mean, accidentally. Oh, well, that's even crazier, because this guy's just like, I slammed my head into the wall until it broke. Oh, I I don't think that's accurate, but I think that's the metaphor, but sure. I've been banging my head against the wall for so long it seems I knocked it down. The heating bill went through the roof. The wall I knocked down was the proof my landlord needed to kick me out. No, it's supposed to be literal. Okay. Yeah. This is also the song that the cover slash title comes from, even though they don't say it out loud. Uh, Too many turns have turned out to be wrong. When car crashes occur, then I'll be what you were, etc. But to experience the bittersweet, to taste defeat, then brush my teeth, I 
misheard that lyric when I was taking these notes and simply said that I wish he would taste some feet and get some fucking color on his soul. I super heard it that way, too. Good. So they're just pronouncing defeat wrong. All right. Thanks. Also, there's the part where every time I gain some ground, I gotta turn myself around again. If you keep pursuing non-Jesus-y things and then having to step back, maybe you need to look in a non-Jesus direction for a weekend and explore yourself. I, I don't like the line that it keeps talking about how we all struggle to grow and that we need to stop that. We got to turn around every time. But it's just a real darkness. No, no, it's real hard to stay on the right path. If it's hard, you're doing it right. Everything should be out to get you. I don't like that. I struggle with forward motion. Every time I gain some ground, I got to turn myself around again. I don't think that's meant to be a positive. Like, I I don't know. I feel to an extent like your interpretation may be sort of influenced by what you know about this culture because how I read it is in like a very Wonder Year, sad pop punk way, which is like not necessarily, it's not positive. It's not meant as a positive that you gotta turn yourself around again, right? At least that that was how I was reading it. I, I didn't necessarily even read it as a religion thing. I just read it as like, progress is hard, and sometimes I fuck fuck up. But here's the thing. Yeah. They're saying they gain ground, which is a positive. Then you have to turn around. It's not turn around to gain ground. Yeah, see, I am reading it as a... I am reading that gotcha, not as a positive thing. It's like, oh, I have to do this because I'm dumb. It's like, I read it as like, I am gaining ground, which is a positive thing, and then I always turn back because I'm dumb, right? I'm reading it as a self-deprecating thing more than as a this-is-what-I-have-to-do thing. All right. I suppose it basically comes down to how you interpret that chorus, and I do not give it charitable. That is very much fair. (laughs) I do, and like... On that kind of more self-deprecating way to read this chorus, it's actually sort of relatable. It's like, yeah, progress is fucking hard. Okay, if we take it as your way, it is much more wholesome and I cannot be as mad. How about we talk about the two tracks that are incredibly bad? (laughs) Okay. (sighs) More incredibly bad than the second one? (laughs) Yes. Well, as we established... The only thing worse than misogyny is 80s nostalgia. So let's talk about the next song, which is called In Love With The 80s, Paint Tax to the, to the Prom. So it was Jeremy in 1983 Ocean Pacific tea Who got a bloody knee On a skateboard In the half pipe In the backyard That Tuesday night And I'm only gonna pierce my left ear And I've been working on this mustache All summer long And my favorite band will always be This track is a personal assault on me <laughs> Because it's, it's just Name dropping a bunch of things From the era And then it's talking about, I'm going to work on this mustache all summer long, 
and I'm only gonna pierce my left ear because you can't have me looking like I got the gay one of the done. Oh come on, it's not a specific gay reference. It, it is one thousand percent. They seem to be okay with the gay. Listen, genius even says this comes from the tradition of men piercing only the one ear in the eighties. The phrase "left is right, right is wrong" was used to popularize straight men piercing their left ear. Heterosexual men would only pierce their left ear, while homosexual men would pierce their right ear. This really was a thing. It held cultural significance to many young men at the time. SMH. That's from Lyrics Genius, and as we know, everything that they say is 100% correct all the time. But also, this guy, I'm only getting one ear pierced, so I'm not gay. Also, this guy, gonna wear pastel pink, dead set on this, y'all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, this this song opens with like the cheesiest referential kind of 80 cent, and I hate it. Also, they like they talk about Tears for Fear and don't fucking talk about Tears for Fear. Tears for Fear were a wonderful band that made at least two fucking great records. I hate, I hate, I hate nostalgia. I fucking hate nostalgia. I fucking hate nostalgia. And I fucking hate 80s nostalgia because 90% of the people who have 80s nostalgia weren't even alive in the 80s. So you're just fucking memetically repeating a cultural zeitgeist. Good news. Fucking hate Ellie. it. They were Tears all Fear were good. The we're 80s. like a genuine good band with good Is it songs. time for nap time? You seem a little grumpy. I just woke up. <laughs> and this is ruining everything. Let's get you to bed, Grandma. <laughs> there is an irony about saying that you're going to live without a care when this song reeks of care yeah it's not good it's a throwback track that doesn't even quote the era it's trying to fellate very well and all of the lyrics are just sad referential things tossed off like we're listening to a nerdcore album yeah guess how i know that also, if the dudes were like gonna... 20 when this song was released, yeah, they were from the age of 0 to 10 in the 80s. Yep. Just mentioning it. Yeah, uh, multiple were born in 80, including the songwriter. Yeah, trust me, this one really made me look up. Are these 50-somethings doing this? No, they're barely 40 at this moment. I super thought that they must have been like teenagers to write this album because of how bad the lyrics are. <laughs> yeah, next deck is college kids. Someone please save us as college kids. What my parents told me is what I did. They said go to school and be a college kid. But in the end I question why I did. My first thought on this is this is the... I don't know if anyone is familiar with uh, one of the best pop-punk songs ever, which is My Last Semester by The Wonder Years. This is like the evil twin of that song. 
At least they don't complain about liberal indoctrination, I guess. At least it's fairly wholesome in its, like, critique of college, but... <sighs> I, I don't like this. It's... <sighs> Here's the thing. There's a couple lines in this I did laugh at. I'll give them that. Especially, I'll take calligraphy and then I'll make a fake degree. Hits home on a lot of levels. Oh yeah, no, that that, that one was that, good. That, that, I was yeah. like, yeah. could you do that? I wonder. Um, uh, it turns out, yes. Yeah, I know. You can very much, fun fact, you can very much just lie and say that you have a degree. No one is fucking checking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it tur- Once I realized that, a lot of doors opened to me. And, and, and I see that being like 40,000 pounds in debt, in debt for the two degree that I have, which are completely useless. Hey, kids, here's a nice bit of life advice from Auntie Sybil. It turns out if you need to get ahead, sometimes all you have to do is just straight up fake it. Because just like you would in the situation where it would be it, checking these references fucking sucks... A lot of people are around your age or a little older and also don't want to call a guy to go, hey, can I have a transcript? Oh, there's some laws about that? No, okay, screw it. I'm just going to believe them. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that is the advice that I give in everything in life and dealing with, like, transition gatekeeping. It's okay to lie. Mm-hmm. It's very much okay to lie. Oh, Yeah. That, that is that is our that is our very Christian advice. It's okay to lie. <laughs> it is absolutely okay to lie. Just don't lie to Jesus because he knows. Or Santa Claus. <laughs> yes, be honest with Jesus and Santa. That is the uh... Santa just has a list. You don't even have to tell Santa anything. Mm. Also remember. Also remember. Uh, if you ask Santa if if he's Santa, they have to tell you that it, if he's Santa. Oh, it's true. It's. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Santa-based erotica is one of the most fun times of the year, and give yourself that treat next holiday season. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, what? What? It is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, you're not gonna kill me. No, no, I'm, I'm legitimately saying that Santa-based erotica tends to be a really creatively written just to explain how the hell any of this tracks with the rules of Santa, which are contradictory in nature, and thus means you get to have a lot of fun writing the story. Yep. I was sure. You're, this is like, this is basically conversion therapy. You know, make me want to be a Christian. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> See, now the Pope will like you. Anyway, um... <laughs> We're saving your soul! This song is the first time that I, like, outright rolled my eyes at a lyric on this album, which... That's a pretty high bar, I think. Is it the one I think it is? Okay, which one do you think it is? I think sell all my books for front row tickets to Dave Matthews Band. No. That was funny, though. I have grandparents that are huge fans of the Dave Matthews Band, so it was like, oh, grandpa music, okay, no. I suppose your grandparents might have been in college in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Um, <laughs> no, it was the bit about the party scene being sick and twisted. I was just kind of like, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, they do seem to be complete, like, I don't know, they do seem to be, like, satirizing also the, the whole nepotism thing going on in American universities, like the whole bridge bit, when it's like, oh, I'm gonna call my father, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it seems fairly wholesome. It's just sort of cringe. Yeah, it, it's cringe. Yeah, listen to the the Wonder Year by last semester, which is like this song executed incredibly better. Just, just listen to the Wonder Years in general. They're like one of the best pop punk bands that eventually will get to them. I think that actually a really good way to sum up this album is like, it's not good... But also, like, it's not terrible. I don't despise it. It's just really, truly, deeply cringe. It, it is very dorky. It is very cringe. I would be a lot kinder of it if Mood Rings wasn't a, song, wasn't a song on this. Also true. But this album is straight up outreach by a bunch of youth pastors trying to turn their chair and their cap around and say, Hey there. You know who also knows how to rap? Jesus. You know what else is cringe? What's that? Youth pastors. Also true, but the the youth pastor joke format of tweets and things is one of my favorite jokes when you get clever oh, with it. Oh, no, for sure. Have you heard the one uh, about uh, Buddhist youth pastor? Ooh, please. So it's like, I see you're on Tumblr. You know what else? is a uh, relentless and unending cycle of uh, painful content. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yes. Yeah, no, I... This song is, again, something that I cannot hate on. Perfectly okay beat. There's a couple of good jokes in it. Really, I think I've said on this podcast before, Skipping college, especially if you are not in a place where it's financially viable, perfectly reasonable option. Uh, I do have to say, ending on only one thing matters, learn how to live your life, is pretty good. It's wholesome, but then they also go, you know, only one thing matters, live making God happy, and it's like, oh, come on. Here's the thing. It's, fi it's, fi it's fine. I'm not yeah. against it. It's just like, come on. You could have you could have not made this GCC if you wanted. And it would have still have carried the same the same weight. <laughs> but they didn't want to. It's their song, Ellie. That's fair. I will absolutely say, for an entire song about colleges, if all you do is say, live live in God's light instead of get away from this place it will turn you from the Lord. Congrats, you get the pass. Speaking of Jesus, how about we talk about trademark? Oh, oh, also, before we go away from college kids, uh, the girlfriend uh, having three different boyfriends. Just another cracking line about the ladies in this album. Yeah. Clearly, clearly Reliant K supports polyamory. I think that's what they're getting at. Oh, yeah, okay, that, that tracks. All right. Well, that's okay, then. Let's move on to trademark. Just 
Uh, this goes bad very quickly. This just sounds like that fucking awful Billie Jean cover by Fallout Boy. I don't remember this one. <laughs> this is the song where they're saying, hey, I'm Judas. Oh. This is a song about crises of faith, pretty much. It's like, yeah, I always turn to Jesus, but then I come back. Which would be fine. I think that is actually an interesting topic to explore. If you do it properly, if you do it with intent. Oh, this is that song! Okay. This The way this does it is in the same way they do other Jesus' songs, which is, it's a relationship metaphor. Is this about a romantic relationship or is this about Jesus? Who knows? The big problem about that is that while having, you know, come and go crises of faith and your religious faith is fine and relatable, if you read, if you try to read this in one of the readings that they want to give you, which is as a relationship song, this is just massive red flags all over. It's like, God, dude, you're not coming out well from this song. Do you want to read the second verse? That's the fun one. Go for it. I'll kill the thing that turns me away, amputate the arm that will disobey, withdraw from everything that's hurting me until you finish your work in me. Told myself what I need to hear. I think the point was very clear. I'd show me what we missed since we slipped in into slipped into inconsistency. Like, yeah, I know that you're doing the whole is this about Jesus? Is this not thing? With shit like this, you have to be specific, otherwise it reads fucking creepy as fuck. <laughs> uh, Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, go on. I think this is the closest they come to the sort of music I enjoy about exploring one's thoughts on religion, because it's as close as we get to an actual open discussion of what losing your faith, worrying, doubting looks like, except instead of discussing, I am mortal, and sometimes that means I cannot be perfect, the thing they go to is, I will straight up maim myself and destroy what is around me to keep me on the path, rather than giving it an exploration of the very contentious nature between faith in an immutable being while being a very flawed individual. It's, it's interesting because, again, the chorus is straight up just saying, my trademark move is to be Judas. I turn my back on you, realize I should improve, and then sometime I'll crawl back. It's just saying, hey, gotta bounce off and do something else somewhere but I'll be back for you because you're the stable one. On the level of faith, this is an interesting track to dissect. On the level of mixing, this is another one where they put the guitar in only one channel at random times, and it's mixed in a way that hurts my teeth. Also, the guitar is really bad. Yes, we are in butt territory. Well, I mean... <laughs> It's butt country. We can't stop here. This is butt country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it turns out we did nine vials of holy water, started listing off all the psalms, and then we just got real wrecked on the way to Judea. 
okay. Uh, let us. Uh, what is the next song? There, there, there's fucking 15 songs, 16 songs. There's too many songs on this record. Oops, I did it again. Until just now, my mildly dyslexic self has been misreading the title completely. I just thought that it said, uh, Hoops did it. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Ah, I see now. It's supposed to be a pun. It's that classic piece of media, Turner and Hoops. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, this, so. is, this is like. Remember when we did the Atari's record? That yeah. was so good about small town nostalgia and like handling it with a with a with a very you know even hand even handed approach, mixing nostalgia and like looking back at it and like this is just that but bad. This is like a get out of this. This is like one of the worst get out of this town songs ever. I I dislike I I dislike this. I think it's just like it's a very bland and uninteresting take on small town shit. See, I think I enjoy so much of what this gives us to say about. This is a really fun one to discuss, even if as a song it is quite generic and forgettable and you could cut it from the album without losing anything but let's talk about beverly hills 90210 a show that even in its most cringe episode a show with a almost universally white cast had more edge and realism in how it handled teenagers than this whole record Mm -hmm. yeah by the first by the end of the first season of 90210 teens had been drinking and lost a license, did drugs, confronted racism, dealt with all sorts of things about class, and one within a season and a half, one of them blew their brains out over family issues. That so sounds, you know that sounds like some degenerate Hollywood bullshit, Hollywood liberal bullshit, Sybil. It does, and it's pretty much what I know about living in a big or a small town if you are alienated from the culture around you, sort of like a lot of the tracks on this record talk about. Also, there's the line about how Ohio has the flavor of a water chestnut. It's not too crazy and it's not the best, but we're not setting forest fires just out of boredom. So, A, what? And B, that instantly made me start thinking of Big Black's kerosene, which is the ultimate way to come down from this record. And if we ever just need to really break from format, let's cover Big Black's... Um, fuck, what is the name of that record? Fuck, this is going to kill me all... 
day. Um, do, do, do. We should cover Big Black's Atomizer. You know, the real small town record that gets real dark. You know, I don't think it's possible to set a forest fire in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if that's supposed to be a burn about California. It's I, like... I think it might be a burn about California. Um, cause yeah. I, it's very hard to start a widespread fire in that area. Yeah. And finally, this actually is the track that introduces a lot of deep, reliant K-lore. Okay. Did, did either of you two catch this? Not really. They About Dan Bikitis? Yeah, Dan Bakaitis. They made up a critic to hate, and the band's fans treat it as the only real mystery about any of their tracks ever. Yeah, they never they explained it. They made merch it. referencing this. Yeah. Please explain. Please tell us about it. So there's a bit in the middle that's Dan Bakaitis said I'm shallow. He said I've got no integrity, but I don't know Dan Bakaitis, and Dan Bakaitis, he don't know me. They've never commented on who this is. Nobody can find an actual person named Dan Bakaitis that they might have grown up around. It's just they made some goober as a threat on Earth to them who was, I guess, some kind of rock critic. And this is now one of the mysteries of Reliant K. There's actually merch for the band that says, who is Dan Bakaitis? <laughs> My only note on this one was, oh, I've been to Canton. So. Yeah, same. That's, uh, that's all I got. Should I go? No, it's, it's, uh, nothing to write home about. It is a completely generic Midwest U.S. town that is not in the throes of death like a Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> what is with the Ohio hate? What, what's wrong about Ohio? Um, here's the thing. Ohio was once a thriving production and manufacturing state, but a lot of that has moved out of the U.S. because they could get wages in the third world cheaper and cycle through various countries that way. So if you, say, close down all the factories and doom every city that relied on that business to a slow bleeding out of death and ennui, that becomes your state's culture. And also you have a major college. It's saying that you shouldn't be with a woman who's not also with Jesus. That's it. That's what this one is. 
because I think way too much on a one-track mind, and you're so out of touch because I'm so far behind. I can't deny this anymore. The facts ignored all done before. And if there's one in this world, you'll let me know you're not that girl. That's it. The whole track is just basically like, you know what? I'm just going to say I dated a non-Christian and I learned from the experience. That's it. Songs my first boyfriend listened to after we broke up. I did start thinking, though, is there a single positive romantic interaction on this record? Jesus doesn't count. <laughs> oh. Let's just keep that in mind as we go through the back chunk. Okay. Anyone else got anything else? Nope. Look, this dude's, this dude's are Christians, and according to Christians, relationships have to be bad. You know, the whole, the whole meme about, I hate my wife, that is the whole of Christian culture. Uh, to be fair, that's more boomer culture, but yes. I mean, are most boomers not Christians? Like, our conception of boomer is very Christian-centric. Christian okay. I suppose I can allow that argument. As a boomer, I. Well, you were almost like a priest, so that still applies. It's true. <laughs> I I feel like I'm, I'm starting to like collect people that almost became priests and or nuns. Well, it turns out uh, there's a certain flavor of queer where rather than confront their issues at a young age, they decide, what's the biggest closet I can slam me into? <laughs> if I get married to God, I don't have to worry about my parents asking me when I'm going to get married. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Sometimes it's embarrassing to talk to you, to hold a conversation with the only one who sees right through this version of myself I try to hide behind I'll bury my face because my disgrace will leave me terrified And sometimes I'm so thankful for your loyalty This is the hardest they get on this album and it's a praise song with electric guitar I just want to listen to Cyan by Telethon are we thinking about the same song? Because... I am understood? Yeah, Trademark definitely has harder guitars than this. I think the mixing made it hard for me to tell. Fair, but Trademark... Like, this opens with sort of acoustic guitars. Alright. I'm thinking more about the screamy finale on this one. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's a... Yeah. They, they do a very hot, mulligany, screamy finale. I, I could see that. Yeah, I think that's the hardest they go at any time. Actually, I, I just looked at my note on this. It's like, very Jesus-y, very alt-rocky. Maybe Sybil will like this. This is my only note on this. My note is, I could be listening to Telethon. And then I listen to <laughs> Telethon. Uh, I'm glad I, I created a Telethon super fan. You did. Please regret it every day. They're, they're a good band. They're a good band. This is the yin to Trademark's yang, because Trademark is, I keep walking away from you, but then I come back. And this one is, you always let me come back. How wonderful is that? You, Jesus always lets me come. 
that that's that's a different uh there are cults for that <laughs> no there's an album for that it's called songs of faith and devotion it's by depeche mode uh, violator is a better album though yeah but songs of faith and devotion is very much just straddling the line between leather-clad nuns and christ's love speaking of straps let's cover getting into you through this back half of the album because this is where it gets really Jesus-y and it's not, you know, it's not our thing. It's not, there's nothing terrible in the song. It's just like, <laughs> I have nothing well, to I, say about this. I revisited our last Reliant K album and the contents of that one. Once they pass a certain point, they go, you either return to this record or you're on board fully and we don't have to cloak anything anymore. Which is not, again, they don't get bad, like, they don't get gross about it. It's just, like, not for us. Like, it's not, we're not the audience. I'm I'm just not the target audience. It's, it's not my jam. It's, yeah, I don't know. I It's not, it's a very clean cat sort of, you are 100% on board on this kind of take on religion, which is not interesting or nuanced enough for me like i don't mind media that explores religion theming i mean my favorite bands of all time is the mountain goats they put a fucking religion 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 reference in every single song but they explored that in interesting some of them are named after bible verses (laughs) there's a whole record named about bible verses yes um but they they explore it in interesting way it's not just like jesus good and it's fine if you think Jesus is good. It's just like there's not a lot of to talk about for us about it. Yeah. The faith of everyone on this podcast has always been a very thorny, multifaceted, sometimes linked with pain thing. And this is a smooth, polished river rock of love for Christ. Oh, I have no faith problem. I'm agnostic. I literally don't fucking care. <laughs> talk for yourself. But would you say you don't have any kind of relationship whatsoever with faith or a church? I, I, I am just extremely indifferent, we're all. I understand the social relevancy of religion and I appreciate it. It's just not a thing that I um, that I relate to. I'm sorry, I don't, I, I don't have a thorny religion, relationship with religion. I am just extremely indifferent from it all. This is, uh, Getting Into You is also a very Adam song for a couple of lines. Oh, whoa. Where? When he looked at me and said, I kind of view you as a son. And for one second, our eyes met. And I met that with a question. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is a nice, uh, fun verse. Yeah. When I finally ironed out all my priorities and asked God to remove the doubt that makes me so unsure of these things I ask myself, I ask myself, do you know what you're getting into? If you read that in a Larry David voice, this song is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what you're doing right here? 
it it's uh also very like uh uh um are you sure it's like Lilo and Stitch? Are you sure you want that one? Are you sure? <laughs> because here's the other thing. If I take this song at face value, this is a sad boy track about Jesus, and then I have to ask, how many McElroys does it take to make a Reliant K? No. Please don't bring that into existence. I don't want those two worlds to collide. Speaking of mistakes this album made, Kids on the Street. Yeah, this is, an, this is, a, this is a fucking... It's not even a skit. This is just like a recording of them talking with some fans, I'm assuming. I don't care. Can we get can we get through that? And then we get into then we get into gibberish, which is just a blink B side, and I'm completely fine with it. It's a solid song. I loved this episode of DS9. <laughs> There's an episode of Deep Space Nine where a failsafe on the station, in case it was seized by the Bajoran slaves, is a virus is released that gives everyone aphasia. And so the whole thing is basically the Tower of Babel and they can't control shit or, like, read the consoles. And yeah, this is know. that song. It's fine. It's, uh, it's very Blink-182. It's very short. It's very quick. And it's, um, you know, it's a solid, solid little pop-punk song. I gotta say, they did go for it, just making up whole bits of complete nonsense lyrics for multiple verses. The, the mean joke here would be, is that that different from what they do on other songs? But I'm, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but you still said it. I still said it because I think it's funny. Ellie, Ellie, you're doing the same. You're doing the same thing that they did in Mood Ring, where at the end they're like, OK, that was terrible. You're being a coward, Ellie. Yes, but I am allowed. <laughs> no, you're I not. Am. <laughs> I very nearly spat out coffee at your being a coward. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I had to choke that down rather than ruin a keyboard. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't expect that when I took a sip. Adam is Adam is has just come back and has come back with a rage, apparently. <laughs> yep. I watched the Rage Carry 2 recently, and it turns out it's bad other than the final scene. I'm fairly impressed 
Um, from end to end, uh, which is not a song about ass to ass. <laughs> it's also it's also not about the human centipede. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, my only note on this is that they sort of sound like Linkin Park on this because everyone sort of sounded like Linkin Park at some point in 2003. So this song is written from Jesus's perspective until the final line, which is kind of funny. Hey, could you take the gag off my mouth? I'm impressed you're the best at blocking me out. I know it's hard to hear me again. I realize you're not the only one terrified of life. And then it starts doing a Beatlesy. Hey, can you hear anything I say? I'm feeling unwanted. That's not what I wanted. Attention to me is something you refuse to pay. Hey. But yeah, the whole thing is just you. You know, he's talking to you all the time. Why aren't you letting him in? I have, sorry, I have a limited amount of opinion on this back half of the record. I wish I would, I, I'd have more to say, but it's like, uh, I mean, of course there are jokes about the gag of the mouth that we could make, but those are so fucking easy that I'm, I, I'm, I'm not even going to make them. Again, it's been explored by other artists. I, the most interesting part of the song for me is the sort of go for a somber tone. It's very sort of Linkin Parky with a sort of dark verse and dark opening to the song, but it's like... Well, how's this? We're almost there. Let's Stones throw us over the finish line with Jefferson Aeroplane. Actually, a weird song structurally. I thought this was the sort of most interesting song on the record. It almost sounds like late 2000, early 2010 sort of indie pop. It has, it's very sonically different from the rest of the record, which I found made it pleasant, but also it makes it pleasant, but it's also like. Not as good as a song as other songs on the record, which is weird to say. It's very different, which makes it interesting because it's different, but it's way less well like written as a song than something like the opener track. So I'm sort of two minds about this in that this was an interesting, different kind of song. But also sort of like the chorus is not that great, there's not as much sharp, just like melody work as in other songs, so I don't know. That's cool, it sounds different. It sounds a lot more subdued and a lot less punky and a lot less energetic and it has, again, that sort of like indie pop kind of vibe before that was really a big thing. So, I think this is a fine, this is a fine closer. This is a fine closer. I appreciate that it does something different musically for the closer. I actually have not read the lyrics at all for this one, so I'm fully expecting Sybil to go off on this. Oh, okay. Adam, you're all about the lyrics. 
Did you read what I read into this song? I didn't read much of anything into this song because at this point in the album, I was checked out. <laughs> oh. All right. I'm going to hit you with a hot take. If you took this song from Reliant K and gave it to a queer artist, this would be an unambiguous trans song. Okay. Hmm. Because there's a duality. If it hurts, kiss it better. You wear skirts, I write nice letters. Though we always talked for hours, it seems to get much colder when you cry on your own shoulder. And we know the show must go on. Guess I know. I guess I'll throw on. They talk about Jefferson Airplane, etc. But they're also talking about crying on their own shoulder. And I'll go to undergo a change of heart, a change of clothes. And when I'm home, I'll eat cereal and stare out the window. Yeah, you're right. This is a trans song. They didn't know it, mm -hmm. but it is. I will save your plunging neckline. Kiss your face. You try to deck mine. If I behave, it's going to cost him. Skip the rave in downtown Boston. It just keeps going. I'll undergo a surgery to purge me of this lonely mood. And my ego, the status quo, provides me a decent attitude. A change of heart, a change of clothes, etc. An adjustment has begun to let me feel the need to leave what we did undone. And maybe you could sympathize with the bags under my eyes. We'll see the signs. We've used our tries to be a better person, to be a better friend, to be a better son. He tries to be a better someone. This absolutely reads like it could just be someone struggling with a bunch of gender dysphoria. Possibly either way figuring their shit out and maybe ending in suicide depending on how you read it but there's also i hope the new me shows well you see the one way to combat uh, gender dysphoria is to love jesus i mean we already discussed that one <laughs> yeah i don't know this was a really interesting finale I'm the confused neck with I keep getting restless Eating 20 pounds of paschetti for breakfast Still showing up on your 10 best dresses I told you my name is MC Defenseless Duct tape wrapped around my feet Held hostage before the big track meet 14 feet from 18th street I know for a fact that you think I'm me Your kills stick around like a fly on the wall The surround sound you found that you hear it all When it all comes through I heard you say some dude when all the king's horses and all the king's men took all the king's credit and they started to spend it all on the worthless as a tragedy went. Hey, speaking of God is dead, how about we talk about the bonus track, Silly Shoes? I mean, I, I don't all to. they need to know about the bonus track, all anyone needs to know about the bonus track, is that it sounds like the music that they put in the background of the Spotify premium ads. Like, I was listening to this, and I was fully expecting Spotify to go, hey, Spotify listener, and then it turns out that it was actually a part of the song, and I was like, oh, okay, so that's all anyone needs to know. This... This is what they try to do as a joke song, and it's them rapping, and it's designed to be the worst rap in history. Yeah, the joke is that they can't rap. It's just, like, not a particularly funny joke. I mean, it's not offensive or anything. They, We've listened to the American hi-fi take on this. 
And Reliant K surprisingly doesn't, like, has a less awful and offensive take on this than American Hi-Fi. So I'm not, it's not, it's not problematic, it's just not funny and not enjoyable in any way, which is, you know, different kind of thing. When we said this record had some moments of concentrated cringe, this is it. One line apart, we're singing a nursery rhyme before doing a sample from the Fresh Prince theme. This is a Catholic improv show. If this came years later, I would think it was doing an 8 Mile reference when it talks about eating 20 pounds of paschetti for breakfast. Anyhow, yeah, that, uh, that bonus track did not need to be saved for the ages. the record yeah that is the record and it, i yeah it, it mood ring is awful and i feel even pe- I, I was looking a bit on twitter and i feel even people who would normally be in on into reliant k sort of recognize that mood ring is awful i would be curious if mood ring gets played at any concerts the last show i find for them is a a live festival 2017 and uh Oh my god, Mood Rings is on this. Well? Oh my god, they still regularly play Mood Rings. I'm looking through all of these set lists. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Wow. Never, Never mind. mind. Uh, no. no. Wow. This record would be extremely innocuous if it wasn't for Mood Ring. They are sort of a dorky, cringe Christian band, but it's fine. It is not a crime to be cringe, but... Dude, Moodring sucks. Moodring is terrible. When I came into this, I expected I was going to hate it more because of how many track names are just references to things. It did not go as hard on that as I thought, but it found very different ways to upset me at times and also amused me. I am amused very me. preoccupied by the fact that we have like seven more records by them and like if they continue on this trajectory... I don't have anything to say about this. Yeah, I might quit the podcast. <laughs> oh no. My final thoughts is that it was really cringe, uh, occasionally a little bit funny, and, like, it just wasn't for me. And that is okay. I, I'm gonna be honest, among the three of us, you are the one with the most Christian rock vibes here, so I trust your opinion. I am, I am going to fucking murder you. I can't believe you just said that to me. I am not saying that you have full Christian rock vibes. I'm just saying comparatively. Wow. Okay. Um. So I need to go call an ambulance. <laughs> but sure. Sure. Same song, different chorus. So, this was an episode. If you want to 
more stuff that we make, they are on our website, which is getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can add us on Twitter at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play. And if you're on Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. We, we really need we really need the moral support after this episode. Read and review us. Give us five stars or four stars or three stars. And you should definitely stars. say which one of us is your favorite. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm nobody's favorite, I'm pretty sure. Just You're my Ellie, favorite. You're my favorite. Aw. I'm I'm just cursed with having great co host. It's not not fair. Um But yeah, just leave us a review. Don't go go even if even if you don't fucking use Apple Podcast, just download it for a second. We do, we offer you entertainment completely free. We don't even ask you for money. We only ask you for your reviews. So. Give us validation, please. (laughs) Do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can find me at my website, hellscaper.com, with links to this podcast, other podcasts I do, and so many other projects of mine. Do you have anything to plug, Adam? I never do. And you can as always find me on Twitter at ACC The Moon. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon. But we're about to start our own religion, so join the Church of Pop Punk in our something. I, I, I'm just improvising. I always forget to prepare a joke, and I always improvise them, so something, something, Church of Pop Punk. We do not have a Patreon, but we do have a private detective agency, and we are willing to track down Dan Bakaitis if we are get paid for our time. <laughs> are watching you and so on see i can make 80s references too and i wasn't even born in the 80s <sighs> no comment and Oates is actually like not a bad pop band i enjoy some of their songs no hollow notes yeah. is hollow notes are They're fun. good i just meant the being born in the 80s thing okay, that's I'm- it I am still old, and I'm not even born in the 80s. I'm still getting incredibly old. No, you're not. You're not even 40. I know, and I'm already old. You're super not. You don't... Um, 22-year-olds, dude, don't talk about being old. You are not allowed to comment about being old. Uh, yeah, I'm not old. Yeah, so you don't know what it is to be old. Um, and you're not old? Ellie's young, a baby too. Uh, goodbye. And, 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 Good night, yeah, everyone. Bye. I'm just dropping rhymes like flies. Let's go freak out everyone. No reason. Who knows why? What's on your mind? Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.